0: Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, which features the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. With the internet being an integral part of our lives, many of us are vaguely aware that our personal data is being collected, our search histories tracked, and our preferences analysed. However, we do not truly have oversight nor control over who is peering behind our shoulders or how our personal information is being used. How much privacy do we have? Can we block the data collection? How can we regain control? Assistant Professor Eliza Mick from SMU's School of Law specializes in research relating to regulation of e-commerce and the interaction between contract law and technology. In this podcast, she discusses the implications behind the Terms of Use, a contractual agreement which governs all our activities online. She also shares her insights into the potential risks and what individuals and governments can do in response. First of all, Professor, what is Terms of Use and what does it mean from a legal standpoint? Okay, Terms of Use is actually a concept that is frequently
1: misunderstood and actually ignored by most internet users. When I say terms of use, I mean the tiny legal link which is placed on the bottom of most websites. If you press the link, what happens? Uh, Basically, you go to a website that displays the terms and conditions that govern, and place no choice of words, the terms of use of a particular website. So effectively, every or most websites you browse to Are trying to form a contract with you on the terms presented behind this tiny little legal link on the bottom so uh, what does it mean from a legal standpoint Um, well effectively believe it or not it is a contract because from a purely legal perspective from the perspective of contract law it suffices to notify a user that a particular behavior is subject to contract and that there are terms governing a particular behavior. As long as the user knows about the terms, he agrees to them. And please note that most of those terms of use basically contain one provision that says by browsing this website or by using our services, etc., etc., you are agreeing to those terms. So I think it's worthwhile noticing that, you know, under the principles of contract law, you don't even have to read this, those terms of use. It is absolutely enough that, you know, a website like CNN or Straits Times or Singapore Airlines, they just tell you that there are terms.
0: You don't have to read them, but as long as
1: they're available, you're bound by them.
0: The internet is such a huge and central part of our lives today does it then mean that as users we're at all times subject to these contractual agreements i do not want to
1: sound overly pessimistic but i'm afraid the answer is yes we have to make a little distinction here all right let's just take um amazon as an example if you want to buy any goods on amazon like a book or a i don't know blu-ray or shoes okay or handbags uh you basically have to open an account with amazon it's the same thing with ebay it's the same thing with singapore airlines if you want to open account you have to provide certain personal information like for example your address you have to provide even more importantly your payment data you have to provide all your credit card information so you set up an account and during the account setup process in the majority of cir- um, circumstances, you will have a pop up window with all the terms of the contract, and you probably have to tick a box. So I would say it is pretty much beyond doubt that you form a contract with Amazon or Singapore Airlines or whatever website that governs a particular transaction. Okay? Now, please note that terms of use govern not just this transaction of, for example, buying a book on Amazon, but just using the website. When you scroll down Singapore Airlines or SingaporeAir.com.sg, when you scroll down Amazon.co.uk, there's a ton of links on the bottom. And some links relate to the transaction when you want to buy something. But some links relate just to the use of the website. And most users are not aware of this differentiation. They kind of, you know, they don't expect a contract. They don't expect any terms to govern browsing. What are some of the problems associated with this? On one hand, we have to understand the owner of the website. They, they want to protect their content and they want to make sure we use their content, their service, their website, in the manner they want us to use it. I mean, that's fine. But the downside is, in those terms of views, basically, we are giving our consent to the operator of the website collecting our private information. So basically, all our preferences, all our browsing behavior, all our clicks, cursor movements, it's actually pretty extreme. So those terms and conditions effectively say, by browsing the website, you agree to those terms, and you agree to us collecting your personal information. And please note, under most privacy protection legislation, from the if you're a company who wants to collect user data, all you need to be in the clear with the law is to have the users or the consumers consent to you collecting the data. That's effectively all there is. So terms of use are tricky because you are effectively agreeing to the website collecting your personal information. And sometimes not just collecting, but also selling, trading, utilizing in many different ways. So I think many people, if they actually knew what's happening when they browse the web, they would be highly uncomfortable
0: so that clearly leads us to a loss of privacy, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. What are the potential
1: risks? There are upsides and there are downsides. The biggest risk is there are commercial entities. We are not talking about the government or health providers or the, the or the police, because I think, you know, it is absolutely justified that certain organizations know a lot about us. I don't mind this at all. But we are talking about commercial entities. So You have a situation where Google or Facebook or Amazon, and I'm not exaggerating, I'm not joking, they know more about you than your own parents. Because they have been tracking you, they have been observing you for the last, well, I don't know, I had my first Gmail account when I was, I think in 2004, so Google has at least 11 years of data. They know everything about me. So there is a psychological discomfort, obviously, that somebody knows everything about you. And I really mean almost everything, because of course they know your search terms, they know the contents of your emails, etc., etc. not just your purchasing behavior. But I find it really, really shocking that this information mm-hmm. is being traded. It fuels this huge advertising ecosystem. I mean, my personal information, my search terms, my preferences, it is the object of commercial exchange. People sell it for money. So I've been talking about the downside of you know, privacy loss and the fact that we are consenting. I mean, there is a certain upside, and this is what you sometimes hear Google say or Facebook. They basically say, look, we have all this data about you. We know what you like. We know what you want. And therefore, we make the website. We make the advertisement more tailored to your tastes and interests i'm a little bit skeptical about it because you know i'm pretty skinny but facebook keeps on targeting me with advertisements about weight loss so i'm not sure to what extent those targeting algorithms actually actually work i mean look this is a debatable issue but i i see their point but again Do you actually want to be targeted on the basis of some search term you inserted? You know, you might have been searching information about a particular disease, and then you get targeted with uh, ads for a particular medication. How comfortable are we with this, really?
0: In your opinion, why is there a general ignorance on the terms of use among the public? Or are individuals already resigned to the circumstances because they assume that there is nothing much that can be done?
1: Yes, yeah, this is a really good question. There is a huge level of ignorance in the general public, even amongst lawyers and, and business people. It is because, well, we do not expect browsing to be subject to contract because historically, The Internet and the web in particular, you know, there were those romantic instruments of freedom and self-expression. You really went there for fun, to socialize, to search news, etc., etc. So the web historically, in the very, very beginning, it was for free because there was no business model. There was not so much data being collected. And if data was collected, it was really just to Customize the website for a particular session, not to on-sell your personal information. Well, partially the ignorance is excusable by the historical background of the web, but you know, at the same time, the news are full of articles about what Google and Facebook are. Are doing with their personal information and facebook and google are entirely funded by advertising and also uh, we just have to be realistic guys there is no such thing as a free lunch as they say in real life or offline we pay for each and every service okay when you go to google when you do a search on google i mean most people think oh i'm just googling something yes in reality you are using an extremely sophisticated technology you are using a search service that costs i actually have the most recent data from from last year but it's billions billions of us dollars per year just to keep it running i mean just imagine the data centers and the and the electricity that that google is using to maintain the search engine so let's be realistic why should Google or Facebook give away their services for free. They want something in return and they need a contract to be able
0: to do this. Finally, as individuals and as a society, how do we mitigate the risks and deal with the challenges ahead? I think the first thing is people
1: must understand the risks. They must understand what is actually happening. So. You cannot plead ignorance, you know, all your life. You could plead ignorance in 1995, but it's 2015, you know, we've had the web for more than 20 years now. So I think it's a more aware use of the technology or actually using specific technologies to hide your identity or to prevent people from snooping on your online behavior. For example, I use Firefox and I have a number of add-ons. I mean, apart from the classic ad block that prevents the pop-up of, of ads, not just the pop-up, but basically the display of any ads or most ads, I hope. I have a couple of software like Lightbeam and Ghostery that basically show me in a very graphic way how many people Or commercial entities are observing my behavior while I'm browsing and you know I read some statistics that after two or three hours of browsing I'm not talking about hundreds of websites but I'm talking about three or four websites um, about 150 commercial entities were observing my behavior and you know collecting my personal information And you know, there are technological ways of preventing them from doing it. But you know, sometimes I also think if you're not comfortable with something, just write to the company, write to Google, write to Facebook. If five people write, they will laugh and they will ignore you. But if if a lot of people start protesting, they have to react because they need us just as much as we need them. Another point is we are a little bit too trusting when we browse the web it's a little bit like in real life it's better not to go into the back alleys because you might suffer stay in the main street don't don't be too adventurous you know we just have to be a little bit more careful because not every website that looks nice is actually safe to use collecting your data is very very easy selling it even easier there's another aspect to it of course you know what can the what can the government do i mean there's only so much that individual users can do i think there's a big role that governments can play and i think singapore has you know has made this great first step with the uh pdpa uh, personal data protection act um this piece of legislation is relatively new it's it's there it's good but now we have to see how it's actually enforced. Because we can have the best laws on the planet, but if they're not actually enforced, if those companies that you know, that are a bit naughty and collect too much of our personal information and sell it on without our consent, well, they should get more than a slap on the wrist, I believe. So yes, I think there is a, is a huge role um, for the government to play. But also a huge role, I mean, for individual users. I mean, we have to take responsibility. We can't just complain, but we have to be more careful, just like in real life.
0: Thank you, Professor.
1: Hey, thanks very much for having me.